This show is part of the Planetside Podcast Network. For more information, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. And thank you for listening. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe deserve some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. Also visit saythiscast.pinecast.co for previous episodes. My grandfather was born in 1925 on the Panama Canal Zone. In his 95 years on this planet, my grandfather has fought for the rights of working-class black folk in the height of the civil rights movement in Chicago, defending various revolutionaries from unjust prosecution as a defense attorney. My grandfather has always been on the side of progress throughout his entire life, and we talk about those revolutionary politics frequently. During the 2016 election, when it looked like Trump was going to win and liberals were not paying attention to that fact, in a moment of despair, I told him that I was tired of white liberalism and I couldn't stand it anymore. And he, in his typical fashion, threw his head back and started laughing. You're tired? He asked me. I'm not tired yet and there's more work to be done and you're in a better position than me to do it. And I shouldn't have to say it, but he was right. The struggle is eternal, but worth doing, all the same. Hello, folks, and welcome to this week's episode of I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the chaotic good podcast where we discuss politics and discourse of varying qualities. Today, we're going to talk about rhetoric as it relates to presidential candidates, and we're going to talk specifically about the treatment of Bernie Sanders by the news and supporters of other candidates. This show supports Bernie Sanders, and before we get into it, we are empathetic towards the concerns of marginalized communities who supported other candidates who have been harassed by Bernie supporters. We're not trying to belittle that. Of course. But we do have to talk about it because it's kind of important. Yes, there are horrible people that support Bernie Sanders, just like there are horrible people that support other candidates. But they do exist. We know that. But they, they're more labeled than any, any other group. So, and that's a concern. Yeah. And um, this line of reasoning goes specifically to people who liken the Sanders campaign to Trump's campaign in terms of the rhetoric and the negativity of their bases. So, um, without further ado, let's get into it. Right. I've seen a lot of um, really spicy hot takes about Bernie Sanders attracting the same type of negativity that Donald Trump does. You know, your edgy dude bros on the internet who will call you the N-word or whatever just to shit on people who are not like them or who are like generally toxic and will say miserable and terrible things to you because they like it. Yeah. And this is a um, 
unequivocal fact. There are some Bernie supporters who are like this. I think I saw a stat that it was like, you know, 2% of the tweets in relation to Bernie Sanders were identified as toxic to a certain standard of the study, but, you know, the fact remains that that 2% exists. I am going to try to find that study, and from what I remember, it's 2% of of Bernie Sanders, 2%, and it's about 2% of all of the candidates that, that were that were checked out on Twitter. Yeah. Turns out that it's tracking, like, really regularly across the Democratic yeah. field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are 2% two of, of Democrats are dicks, yeah. apparently. It's an unequivocal fact that they exist. Now, um, I feel as though a lot of the time, these individuals on the internet, supporters, are conflated with the Sanders campaign itself. Pundits on MSNBC will say, Bernie Sanders is running a dirty, toxic campaign because of his internet army. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which is like a line that gets said literally all the time. For four years, yeah. This is an interesting point because when it's said about Donald Trump supporters, it's also like factually true. <laughs> <laughs> he is running a dirty campaign. But in order to like kind of see the difference between why like Trump's campaign is actually toxic and why Bernie Sanders' campaign itself, not its followers, are not, we kind of have to look at the root of the negativity, don't we? I think so. Yeah. Let's be scientific about this. So, in 2015, or 16, don't remember, when Trump announced his presidency, he started by calling Mexicans rapists. <laughs> Yeah, that and was criminals. 2015. Rapists and fucking criminals. A couple weeks later, he did the whole mocking the disabled reporter thing. And he's raped like a ton of women and probably like children as well. The man himself is pretty fucking toxic. Mm -hmm. His rhetoric has been toxic and hateful. And the people he surrounds himself with within his campaign are Nazis <laughs> or white supremacists. <laughs> Some of them aren't weird about Jews. Others are. He surrounded himself by horrifying people. Yeah. And the way that you can tell that his campaign is terrible is that, like, you know, the rhetoric of the campaign itself, of Trump's campaign, and his followers are pretty much fucking identical. They all believe in Pizzagate. They all believe in the Jewish cabal <sighs> coming to get them. The deep yeah. state, it is a cyclical effect. The campaign says it. The followers say it. The campaign enforces the belief. They they allow QAnon posters or, and signs to be associated with the campaign. Yeah. So it's um a big old circle jerk of negative, vitriolic, racist, conspiracy theorists. And their rage is fueled by fear of the unknown. In this way... The negativity from Trump's campaign is also the negativity of his supporters. And you can tell this because if you go to any... <laughs> go to Ilhan Omar's account right now on Twitter. Any of you. Oof. Go to any post, just any post, and scroll down to the first comment of a Trump supporter saying that she fucked her brother. It'll be there. How many likes does that tweet have? What's what's the ratio looking like? 
Um, chances are that shit has a lot of fucking likes because when a Trump supporter says something heinous, they're all behind it because that's the shit that they unify around. Meaning Trump takes on some of the responsibility for the action of rhetoric of his followers. Really simple. If you reinforce the ridiculous <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> theories of the people that, that follow you, then, yeah, you bear responsibility for the spreading of those conspiracy theories, particularly I mean, when you're in the office of the presidency where people should ostensibly believe you about things. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he literally retweets some of the patently false things that people put out Yeah, on his official account. It's not that he ignores them or just some of his flunkies, like, retweet or whatever. It's him and his, and his children. Yeah work in the white house so top down the toxicity is intrinsic to the campaign into the base therefore he should be blamed for the toxicity of the base that's right now a broader group of people have noticed this and given him that blame rightfully so but now a few years later you see the bad behavior of bernie bros being magnified in the press and by blue check marks on twitter and we see kind of a mirror image of the logical reasoning that gets used for why Trump is responsible for his supporters. But, and here is the um, point of the episode, it doesn't fucking apply to Bernie Sanders. And that is because the campaign's rhetoric and the supporters' rhetoric, even more broadly, diverges massively <laughs> 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 all the time. For instance, let's just go over like some of Bernie Sanders' positions or what kind of c campaign he's run. Right. This is a guy who believes adamantly that the next person in the presidential office needs to be a Democrat. He believed this in 2016. That's why he campaigned and did like a ton of fucking rallies. Like for, 40. Like 40 rallies for Hillary yeah. Clinton, particularly in states where she didn't even campaign. He is willing to do that in order to avoid a Trump presidency. He does not attack other political candidates. He doesn't. Now he's attacking Biden, but that's because it's a two-man race, and he has to start doing something. But he hasn't gone low. He's not attacking his cognitive ability. He's talking his policy positions and his background. Bernie always talks policy. That's all he talks about. He doesn't go after people personally yeah. and it's one of the it's one of the good things about him and his calls for unity are genuine and consistent and he does not feed into factionalism that other candidates have when looking at his campaign saying oh he's not a real democrat oh he can't be a president because he doesn't support our values well Hillary Clinton didn't support Bernie Sanders' values, but he still recognized that her values were closer to his than fucking Donald Trump. Yeah. Like, it's very obvious to me, at least, and to, I think, a lot of people that Bernie Sanders runs a clean campaign, or as clean as one can get. Right. Have there been missteps? Yes, but not huge ones. And for the majority of these missteps... They really can't be laid at Bernie Sanders' feet in the same way that a lot of the missteps of the Trump campaign can. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the, the mistakes of Bernie's campaign 
are in sometimes due to exuberance or wanting to expand the his voter base but not oops i put kids in cages yeah you know it's it, they're 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 human mistakes i hired because i hired somebody and didn't vet them properly and exactly. it turned out that they had done a little bit of racist shit so yeah. we got rid of him really quickly exactly i i accepted a, an endorsement and maybe didn't ex- maybe didn't follow that up with anything so yeah. people got mad that's it's it happens you know yeah it is and not, that's fine yeah <laughs> or making uh too big of a deal of dave rubin saying i'll probably vote for sanders dave rubin didn't really um endorse him he just said he'll probably fucking vote for the guy um dave rubin dave rubin is a political pundit a conservative in liberal dressings oh. real shit guy Definitely a racist. Definitely oh, okay. a trans. I actually didn't know about um, that one. <laughs> he said, "I'll probably vote for Bernie." And then the Sanders oh, campaign great. turned that into an ad. That wasn't a good thing. Oh no, no. But that was that was uh trying to yeah yeah get people like it or not <laughs> on board. Yeah, and also like it or not, Dave Rubin speaks to a larger portion of the American electorate than like. A lot of people who were saying that this was a messed up. Yeah. Just saying. I'm not like, this is not what this episode is about. The last piece of this puzzle is that Sanders doesn't feed the indefensible elements of his base. He says, you know, people saying terrible things, people using slurs, people telling women that they're insane. Not cool. However, people being pissed off about yes. Medicare. And these various issues, I support 100% because they should be. This is something that he says. And, you know, this is true. And he also points out that there is negativity, negativity directed towards his campaign. And people have taken this to be qualifying the statement. So he's not actually disavowing them. But the fact of the matter is that he is disavowing right. the elements which he finds indefensible. But is saying... That there are a lot of people who are mad and I don't accept the idea that I should turn down supporters because their tone isn't right. Yeah. I mean, it, the one big thing is it, it's good to be angry. It's good to be hyped up about getting people health care. But it's you can be angry without being destructive and toxic. Yeah. You can yeah. do that. It's very easy. Yeah. Also, people can be flippant or, you know, a little bit rude when discussing life or death situations. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that, like, a bunch of people who support Bernie Sanders getting really pissed off at somebody or being, like, belligerent about the idea that we should let the world die because Bernie Sanders has some mean people in his base. Like, I just don't think that that's a big deal. (laughs) But anyway. Yeah, like we said, 2%. Even if it is, Bernie Sanders doesn't avow that fucking delegation of his fucking support base and nor does he agree with the people who are bernie or bust he said a thousand times that he's blue no matter who like it or not a lot of bernie sanders supporters dislike this about him they want him to say you know you need us and so you should vote for us because we have the right idea about things and we'll vote third party there are a lot of people who are mad at bernie sanders for taking this position like it or not 
I don't agree with every Bernie supporter on everything. We have a shared interest. That's it. But all of this being said, like we did with Trump in trying to identify the source of his negativity and his base, got to do the same things for Sanders. So why do douchebags support Bernie Sanders? Well, the same thing could be said of anybody. Why do douchebags support any other candidate? Why is the entire K-Hive a bunch of, like, crazed degenerates? But <laughs> You know, I learned the, the term K-Hive, like, today. I didn't know yeah, that was a thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Why is the K-Hive crazy? Who knows? Mm. But if we're really to, to, like, go deep on this, Bernie Sanders' campaign is primarily comprised of his policy positions, which is the idea that healthcare is a human right, we should forgive the debt of people in college and provide free education to everybody who wants it. He Crazy. believes in prison reform and that we shouldn't let our planet fucking die because somebody wants to make a few extra bucks. Water being a human right, protecting the fucking Great Lakes, which is my personal interest. I live in Chicago, so I'm constantly infuriated by the fact that my lake is getting fucked by Nestle. But that's a, <laughs> but that's a side point again. These are all things that affect all of us. These issues are universal. A fourth of the American population is in jail. Of course, a lot of us care about prison reform. All of us will access health care at some point in our lives. And if we don't do something about our health care system, we'll be financially ruined from it. Most of us are in debt. Most of us need education to find secure jobs and can't afford it. Yeah. Of course some assholes agree with Bernie Sanders. These issues affect everybody equally. That's right. And not equally, disproportionately marginalized communities, but still. It's important shit. And this is not even to say of his foreign policy. For people who care about the Middle East or our ideals about free trade and economic stability, Sanders opposed NAFTA. And NAFTA has been miserable for us. That's right. I mean, yeah, he, there there are so many policies that Sanders supports or has tried to introduce and all sorts of people are going to be attracted to that because, you know, if if you're an asshole, you're still going to need a need to see a doctor. Yeah. Of course. Even if you're a massive racist or some shit. Like, let's assume that Bernie's base was as toxic as everybody said it was. The motherfuckers still need healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's really, it's really simple, y'all. Right. When you have a broad, universal set of policies, people are going to be attracted to it. Whether they're good people, people who are a little bit rough in their delivery, or like, genuinely terrible people you're gonna have a distribution of those people now again it's only about two percent according to actual data and not anecdote but even then that two percent is explainable it's not sanders campaign it's the strength of his policies so basically what you're saying is because sanders policies are so good he has more vocal, horrible people because he's bringing more people into his orbit. Um, similar. So the more the more angry the the more horrible people that you hear from Sanders' camp, that means he's uh 
he's doing he's a he's a better candidate. That's that's my theory now. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's my theory. <laughs> my point was a little bit different. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier, I remember somebody saying Jesse Jackson recently endorsed Bernie Sanders. That's right. And I saw somebody saying, "Ooh, look, the uh, famous anti-Semite supports Sanders." That's oh, not a good thing. Love of Christ. And that's a complicated statement in and of itself. But let's just take for granted that, like, let's just take uncritically that Jesse Jackson is an anti-Semite. He's really not. Wouldn't that speak to the strength of Bernie Sanders' goddamn policies? (laughs) (laughs) If you're anti-Semitic and you hate everything that the Jew stands for, but you're still willing to support the Jewish candidate because you like his policies and you think that they'll benefit you and your people... Yeah. Yeah. That speaks to the strength of the policy. So (laughs) my plea to you, dear listener, who is not already voting for Bernie Sanders, is please, please, God, stop conflating the followers of Bernie Sanders with the campaign. They're not the same. They are not. They are definitely not. Please consider Bernie on the merits of his campaign his policies, and on his personal merits as somebody who supports the things that you probably do and has not engaged in the type of negativity that you accuse his followers of. This morning I saw a guy say, you should economically qualify how much you think you should pay to avoid the death of your infant son. (sighs) And if that describes you, It is ridiculous to expect people to temper their emotions surrounding life or death issues just because you're uncomfortable with their tone. I thought we went through this earlier, like in 2015. We've had this conversation for years. Tone policing is wrong. Don't do it. That just hurts me in my soul. Yeah. I've seen a lot of callous bullshit the last few days. So even if it's respectfully telling you, if you can't pay $500,000, your son should die. (laughs) I find that more reprehensible than literally anything I've ever seen a Bernie Sanders supporter say. And I've literally seen them call people the N-word and such. Yeah. The callousness, even if the tone was more respectable, the sentiment is worse. One thing I'd like to add is just to just to add on to that, the campaign is not responsible for its its followers. That's my that's what I think. It's it's responsible for the people that work for the campaign. It's responsible for the people it names as its surrogates. But if someone is a jerk to you online when they're bet when they're supporting a certain candidate, that shouldn't reflect on the candidate unless the candidate is also doing the same thing bernie sanders the spirit of bernie sanders can't fly from house to house telling his supporters (laughs) not to do that and making a personal plea before also pointing a gun to their head and saying do it again motherfucker like it's just not possible he can't be held personally responsible for this no public figure can exactly and this this is something that drives me up the wall because if the the only the only thing a candidate can do if they have supporters that don't actually follow what they're saying, the only thing they can do is say, look, I disavow this, I don't think that you should be doing this, and please stop. 
That's, that's the only thing that they can do. If they have forums, they can have community managers, you know, to, to block people, but you can't do that with everybody. So the thing that we as Bernie Sanders supporters have to do is if you see someone being toxic, then we have to say, stop it. Yeah. That's, that's what has to happen. And that, I mean, and, and all these people that are saying, oh, Bernie Sanders supporters uh, are, are horrible. That is a, that is a, a narrative that exists now. And if you are really mad about that, then you, then unfortunately, that narrative doesn't exist for the K-Hive? Really? The K-Hive? The K-Hive. Okay. It does exist for the K-Hive. Nobody it, yeah. likes them. <laughs> but, but there's not like think pieces and, and headlines and everything about K, the K-Hive being horrible. It's all about the Bernie bros or whatever. And I hate that. I hate that term. I, I really try to avoid using that term. Yeah. If you support a campaign that is built on inclusivity and love and trying to to help as many people as possible and if you see someone that's disagreeing with elizabeth warren and just posts a ton of snake emojis then you should go in there and say one you're not helping two bernie doesn't want you to do this and he'd be very disappointed in you yeah that's the that's the pragmatic piece why yeah, I mean that's it it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. Yeah, the ideological part of me is like snake emojis are not a fucking big deal and and people who are acting like it's like a huge deal drive me crazy because um it's really not in the broad scheme of things. In the I mean in the broad scheme of things no, it's not it's I mean it doesn't help. It's genuinely not helpful. It's and not. And every time you defend yourself against the Bernie bro narrative, it feeds into that narrative. That's how it's set up. It is a trap. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, and like exactly. we fall into it because we're we're ideologically motivated. We're not motivated by fucking pragmatism. But maybe I shouldn't have to say this, but maybe we should be more motivated by pragmatism. Because... It's, it is life or death. Yeah. Think about what is going to benefit the campaign the most because it needs to succeed. So mm -hmm. if you, if, I mean, yes, I agree. If you're mad, if you're angry, then yeah, voice that. Of course. Of course, voice that. But if you're going to voice that anger with toxicity and, uh, and horribleness, I can't even think of a better word, then, that's not going to help the end goal. That's that is the biggest thing. If you if you want to win primaries, if you want to win a nomination, then me my opinion, I don't want the only way I can I can think of putting it is like maybe tone it down a bit, you know, just yeah, you like there it's. It's the narrative. It's not, it's, 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 not, it's, it's happening. not fair. It's not, it's fair, not fair at fair, all. But tone it down. It's not um, fair. It's definitely not fair. And it's horrible that there's this brand on Bernie supporters. I hate it. But it's there and you have to deal with it. Yep.
That's the episode. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now get out there and police your own. Report people who are being yes. indefensible. Report people. Which, to, to people's credit, I've seen. I've Good. seen a lot of posts yeah. about like, ooh, this person seems suspicious. Report them. But we got to do more of it. It's true. It's true. Clean it up. Okay, so now that we've gotten all that out and taken a breath, and I think one of the best things to do when you are really tense and really hyped up over something horrible that you've seen is to it's to think about something great to to just relax a little bit so that's what we're gonna do nicole what is your happy thing for this episode yesterday for no particular reason at all i remembered that eels are the best <laughs> electric eels moray eels eels of all sorts eels are so good they're very funny looking and they have the good faces and they also can hurt you badly. But they always look angry and I love them. Some of them I some of them look like they're smiling like uh like dolphins. Yeah, they're all very good. Eels are good. Underrated fish. <laughs> That's it. What's making you happy, John? Just eels. I love it. Just eels. Recently I started rewatching Law and Order. From the beginning. Jesus Christ. Law and Order, the, the, the original Law and Order, not SVU, not Criminal Intent, nothing like the original vanilla 1.0 without DLC Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> this is vanilla Law and Order. It started in 1990. I am starting from the beginning, and it is fascinating. It is so interesting because Law and Order, over its thirty-year run of of any of the shows, like for the most part, it follows the same pattern. It mm -hmm. follows the the same kinds of characters, especially the like what's what was called the mothership, the um the original Law and Order. It. It follows the same kind of thing. You can always tell what's going to happen in Law and Order. So, the really interesting thing is watching how the show evolved in writing style, in camera work, and in acting style over the over twenty years. And it is really, really interesting. Like the first, the first episodes, uh, there are people smoking. the 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 costuming is different. The way that it's shot and filmed is actually slightly different the way that it's a like the and j just watching it i'm on like episode seven of the first season so this is gonna this is a long-running project but the the way that the show and how it presents the police is really really interesting so they had an episode of how a cop shot a black kid and how they're trying to investigate and they're and they're getting all this flack from all sides and it really it was really interesting to see how that would have played out today versus how it was depicted in 1990 so it's 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 just like stuff like that just fascinates me like the way that 
that TV and how and how characters and how plots and everything have been portrayed over the years. So it, as as I go through, I'm actually tweeting about it. <laughs> so uh, if you see Law and Order rewatch as a hashtag, then that's that's me. Um, so it should. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really honestly, I'm kind of excited to see like how it's going to progress and how it's going to change. Because I've watched, I've been watching Law and Order like for for years and years and years, so should be pretty cool. You are such a nerd. Oh God, yeah. Oh, one more thing. It's really cool to see how the police are are depicted on TV versus how they actually are. Always. And it's wow, and it's fucking fascinating. It's crazy, right? And the different shows that depict police as like the 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 rampaging heroes versus just complex people that are trying to do their job. But also like when they show cops doing like crimes and then are like, they're doing the crimes to get us the, the confessions that we need. And it's like, will you stop threatening people with rape? Right. And they're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like Oh, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to to prison and and then you're don't drop the soap. Good lord. Anyway, that's a whole thing. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> did you know that most eels have toxic skin? No wonder you like them so much. Eels. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that is a today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about, uh, I shouldn't have to say this, meaning listen to past episodes and find links to where you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can go to saythiscast.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at saythiscast. Email is saythiscast at gmail.com. All this is very surprising. There's a pattern here. Nicole, where can we find you online? You can find me at Jack of Three Trades, that's three is in the number, on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Press Start Lock, and you can follow me on Twitch, that is Press Start Morlock. I have a political chat twice a week, once on Tuesday at 11pm and another one on Friday at 3pm. It's always a good time, lots of cool people. If you want to support the show, that would be great. Go to patreon.com slash saythiscast. We got to get Nicole a mic stand. Please. Let's do this. I'm using a box. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Our theme song is called Forest Butterflies. That is by Mustin, M-U-S-T-I-N. If you want to buy that, you can go to store.mustinenterprises.com. The story music is called Lando by the Dream Easy Collective. And more information about that is in the show notes. I Shouldn't Have to Say This is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. If you want to know more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Yeah, there you go. I think that was a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, they pissed me off so much. <laughs> That was very cathartic for me as well. <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, that felt good. It felt good. It felt good. <laughs> I feel right again. You feel right again. <laughs>